0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live.
1: Limbit Opic on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Welcome back to my three-hour Saturday Sunday marathon. I'm living in the past Sunday marathon. As we dig deep into subjects with really experienced commentators, the advantage of this show is that we really get to understand why our contributors feel what they feel and the rationale for it. This gives you the opportunity to make up your own mind. Uh, We don't try to spoon feed your opinions. Instead, we give you the chance to hear facts and our opinions too, and then to debate them, not least on the TNTradio.live chat. Uh, There's a great, very healthy debate going there continuously now, uh, so much so that I can't really keep up with it myself. You get the most out of this show by going onto the site uh, and also uh, by calling in. You'll find the phone numbers on the website as well. Uh, Coming up in this hour, we've got Francis O'Neill, political commentator, and I would suggest a skeptic uh, on some of the policies being imposed on road users. I'll come back to that in just a minute because something incenses me about what's happening in Paris. But before that, I want to dwell a little bit more on the volcanoes uh, which are erupting in Iceland. Uh, Let me read to you uh, the situation. Uh, The resilient community of uh, Grindavík has, for the past few weeks and months, experienced the relentless forces of nature, once again proving why Iceland is often called the land of fire and ice. Three homes in this town uh, were destroyed this month when molten lava spewed through two fissures. Well, it goes on talking about the kind of havoc which the volcanic activity in Iceland is wreaking. It's made to sound almost like a catastrophe. The irony is Iceland only exists because of this kind of volcanic activity. Uh, You have to be brave indeed to live on a fissure, but at the same time, if you're born in Iceland, it sort of goes with the territory, literally. The bigger point I want to make here is this. We have no power to start or stop volcanoes. Uh, the Hunga Tunga volcano, very nice name, sounds like a Disney film, uh, erupted underwater a couple of years ago, and on its own seems to have increased global temperatures temporarily by just under one degree Celsius. Now, I put it to you that what's happening in Iceland is a visual representation of the impotence of the human race to do anything significant about the emissions that exist on the planet. 96.5% or more of all CO2 that's emitted into the atmosphere actually comes from natural sources, vegetation and the ocean, for example, which gives out CO2 when it warms up. 3.5% comes from the human race, and that might be an overestimate. Well, it seems to me that when you watch Retrovik, Uh, talking about it. They're much more circumspect. They think this is part of the territory, literally. And when you look at the green environmentalists, they wring their hands, they plant some kind of a memorial in a once great glacier, which has disappeared, according to them, due to human intervention in the climate. And that was uh, a story which made my blood boil uh, when I saw it some years ago. Uh, that Also, incidentally, that glacier was in Iceland. If I was a farmer and I had 10,000 hectares of land and suddenly the ice went away and grass came back, I'd be jumping for joy because I could actually farm things at last. So it seems quite obvious that the media report those things that are exciting, but they report them in a rather cynical way. They could say, and the old legacy media, uh, could say, well, as we can see by all this volcanic activity, there are much bigger forces than us at play. We can all relax. But they don't do that. Uh, Incidentally, there was also an earthquake in Oklahoma, I think, overnight, uh, which was a 5.1 earthquake. It's quite a strong earthquake. Uh, It's actually possible that cosmic rays are increasing earthquake activity. I'll get an astronomer on quite soon, not this week, to explain the relationship between our cosmos and Earth's activity. That, I suggest, is far more important to our climate than anything that human beings can do. And so now I return to the bugbear of my day, and that is a referendum in Paris about whether SUVs, those big vehicles with four wheels and four driven wheels and a big boot, whether they should be charged 18 euros per hour for parking in central Paris. That's the suggestion. And electric vehicles and hybrids are not uh, immune as well. They will also be charged, but That's if they're a little bit heavier. Why? Because apparently they're dangerous, and apparently they're wrecking the environment. Well, you can guess from what I've just said, and I don't think they are wrecking the environment. And I very much doubt that SUVs kill people. It's the drivers that kill people. There's no reason to think that an SUV driver is more likely to be irresponsible or more likely to cause catastrophic damage to a person uh, than a smaller vehicle. I will do my research on that dutifully. I will get somebody on to the program in the next week or two, an expert on road usage, and then we'll ask the question, do SUVs present a greater threat? I think it's more likely that this virtue signaling opportunism simply reflects a political class that has completely lost its way. A political class that thinks it can tell us how to live what to drive, and where to do that, rather than doing what they're elected to do, which is to serve the common interest of the people. Sure, they're having a referendum there. And I accept that uh, the outcome, assuming it's been fairly kept uh, in terms of the the process, uh, will or should be respected. But the idea of charging 18 euros per hour for an SUV, at the very least causes division those who are the have-nots who haven't got the SUVs might even vote for the tax simply out of reasons which are nothing to do with the environment and nothing to do with safety. I wonder what you think. I certainly want to know what my next guest thinks, Francis O'Neill. He's going to join me in just a minute. And you can join me too by going to the chat on the TNT site and expressing your views or phoning in, you'll find the numbers on the TNT Radio dot live site as well. All of that with me in this hour on the Lembertopic show on TNT.
0: Abroad or at home, this is your
1: news.
2: By staying silent, we are part of the problem.
1: Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. And we're going to get France's... uh, sorted out in just a minute there. Uh, Just to remind you again, if you wanna get involved in the chat, uh, go to the tntradio.live site. Uh, You can have your comments there. I'll just read two of them very briefly here, uh, just before we continue. I think that, well, I'm going to summarise it, actually, because I, I really want to get to France's, but I'll read them out in a minute. Uh, there is a certain amount of scepticism about the way that we've been treated by governments. I think that's the best way to describe it, uh, and the sense that the, by dumbing down the population, uh, we end up being more acquiescent and more agreeable to what is done to us. Uh, maybe I'm being a little bit uh, sceptical there, but I don't think so, because Hidden in Plain Sight says, volcanic eruptions, wow, maybe that's the excuse that's needed to shut down the nerve. And close up everything they can. Are we going to stand for the fascist agenda and commutate down nine? Uh, I totally agree with you there. And uh, there are so many other points here. Um, uh, Malibais seems not very keen to go going to Paris or France because it's full of French. Okay. Uh, Lisa says wrecking the environment. So are all those illegals? Paris is a dump uh, because of that scum. There's certainly a scepticism about France's foreign policy there. Uh, perhaps there's a scepticism about their willingness and commitment to, what's, what might we say, managing uh, their West Coast, the one which is used to launch uh, boats to, to, to across the channel to the United Kingdom. But let's go to Francis O'Neill. Francis, greetings. Uh, how are you doing?
3: Hello, Lambert. Thanks for having me on. Uh,
1: tell us about your uh, interests. You're an artist, aren't you, as well as a campaigner?
3: yeah that's right um I'm a self-employed artist and uh I sort of became aware that things weren't quite as they might seem from the mainstream media um probably about 2003 and so I was uh, I've been very alive to some of the changes in our society over the past few years
1: when you say a self-employed artist somebody who is an artist said to me a self-employed artist really means unemployed artist (laughs) it's a difficult trade to to pursue
3: (laughs) yes I, I was doing uh, teaching uh, for a long time alongside it which was self-employed so i wasn't working in a school or anything i was working had a, a rented studio and i used to teach life drawing and portrait painting alongside it for the sort of regular reliable money um but sort of lockdowns put paid to all that because i didn't really comply with the um regulations and my peers in the in the studio complex were not too happy about that uh
1: so you paid the price for expressing skepticism about the now in my view largely discredited policies um, which we were being forced to follow
3: yeah i mean the extreme hostility really i mean i've been in that studio complex for about 12 years so um to be suddenly asked to leave with about they gave me about a week or two's notice before the christmas of 2020 so I contested that for a long time, but it just became untenable. I wasn't able to work there. They were threatening to call the police. If I ran classes, there were people who wanted to come to the classes who also recognized that um, the lockdowns were, um, like you say, they're, they're unjustified. And at that time also in schools, other other classes were permitted to go ahead. But the fear were, and the the brainwashing, and also I think it was slightly weaponized. I think if you stood out um, against them, there was a desire to make you pay for that and and that's what I that's what I was on the receiving end of really
1: when you say pay for that in a practical sense it sounds that your ability to pursue your art and thus your income was materially harmed just because oh, yeah. go ahead sorry
3: so, oh yes very much so yeah so um I relied on the studio as a base to work in and a base to teach from and as I say that was my uh regular income I had built up a large clientele in Oxford where I was living and so um, they took they, they they removed that, and so that's why I fought it for quite a long time, uh, uh, for six months or so. But I wasn't actually um, a tenant; I was on a, a different kind of um, agreement. So they could uh, close the uh, the license to occupy it was called with three months' notice. With uh, either party could do that. So in a way, legally, um, I I wasn't able to stay, and so um, I left. And um, and then I, I left Oxford due to that, so it totally undermined my practice and my work that I'd, and, my, and, and the basis that I'd been building up for about 15 years in that area. So, yeah, so I've, I've come to London since then, and, and um, that's where you saw me uh, last week doing the uh, uh, yellow board activism. Yes, tell us about the yellow board activism. Well, it's, it, the first I saw of it was in uh, New Zealand, and there was a video uh, kit that went around the world of uh, campaigners standing by the roadside on the same side of the street. And the video was filmed from inside a car. And you saw a series of messages, which at the time were related to the uh, lockdown and the vaccinations. And uh, it just had unfolding messages every 20 yards or so down the road. And this uh, method of campaigning sort of spread especially in the uk and in england and um i think it's because it's kind of it's a less confrontational uh, method of getting across the opinion and 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 circumventing the censorship of, of of mainstream media so that people don't have to argue their points. They can just present them to passing traffic. And so it's a little bit less. I mean, you still do sometimes get hostility uh, this way, but um, it's it's just a it's a slightly more passive, less confrontational way of doing it. And also if people agree with you, they're free to beep their horns also, which is a little bit safer to do. And then that can spread awareness of how many people are in, in agreement with the messages on the yellow boards, which may wake some people up who think that um the messages that they see are crazy may may wake those members of the public up to realizing that there are more people who are questioning than they might have previously believed
1: I want to in the next section in a few minutes talk to you about what you were doing in Trafalgar Square and why and also talk to you about what's happening in Paris but for now the question I've got for you is this do you think you'd be politically active if you hadn't been ostracized if you'd been hadn't been cast out by your commercial community for daring to question the orthodoxy when it came to covid
3: Well I am not particularly politically um, active in the sense of the left and right paradigm, um, but I am interested in personal liberty and fr- and the freedoms to express yourself and 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 the freedom of academia and the freedom of journalism. And my uh, inroads into this kind of activism was through an awareness of uh, the what I consider to be the truth of the 9/11 story, which I, of which I think we were given a false narrative. So that's how I came to be suspicious and wary of government narratives. So that when when it, this uh, when the lockdowns began in March 2020. I was already alive to the fact that that governments do not always operate in the best interest of their people and that the that, that media does not always uh, present the truth and it often operates as a lapdog or a, a mouthpiece for government agendas. So that is why I'm active, because I see a lot of what is happening as part of a wider agenda to restrict and... Um, and and it curtail the movements and freedoms of the people to the extent where we, we eventually it, it sounds extreme and highfalutin but like eventually we become a kind of a slave class and and so it is in order to prevent that occurring that i i feel impelled to take to the streets and, and do what i can to help when i can
1: uh so the irony here is that if they hadn't given you a hard time you wouldn't be on my show now, you wouldn't have been in Trafalgar Square in the centre of London doing what you were doing last weekend. You'd have tried to just get on with it. But you have been activated by the very rejection that was being used to try and suppress
3: you. Well, actually, I, I, I was activated by the lockdown itself. So um, it was interesting because when I when the lockdowns began, I wrote to everybody with my concerns, who was on my mailing list for my classes. I wrote to my fellow studio members who the ones who eventually forced me out and, and warned them of what I thought was coming. So it was prior to any difficulties that I took my stance. But in doing so, I think that provoked them to think that I was beyond reason so that i had to be removed. They were also aware i think that i was doing activism in the town center from like april 2020. So i i i didn't i didn't become active because of something that happened to me. I was active because of what i could foresee happening and which which has happened to a large extent. We've seen the damages that those um, supposedly medical measures have Uh, created and and that was what i was worried about i wasn't worried for myself so much although i obviously um i am a (laughs) yeah there's a degree of personal interest obviously if if society um goes the way that it it is going and and continues on this trajectory and and uh, we all we're all going to suffer in some way but it wasn't being evicted that prompted me to act it's no it was like it was more the, the 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 greater concern like I didn't want my family to fall victim to some of the uh I mean I don't know how much to say sometimes on air because you know it but but some of the controversial medical policies I didn't want my family or my friends or anybody that I was in contact with to to um to indulge in in in, in these medications
1: okay let's come back to this in a minute and uh I want to talk to you about the the ultra low emission zone campaign and the general uh, attack on our lifestyle on the excuse that apparently we need to save the planet uh we'll come back to that in a minute francis O'Neill will be with me for this hour if you've got views about what you're hearing and a lot of you do uh, you're in the chat now then do join the tntradio.live uh, chat uh, i'm lemmatopic. this is the lemma show see you in a minute tnt sonia porton
2: You feel the need to describe yourself, along with being a useless eater, free speech isn't a phobia, as a male with a penis. Why would you feel the need to describe yourself as such?
3: Well, you never know these days, do you? Anyone can have a penis, apparently. So I just thought you better make sure everybody knows.
2: And that and that is the reality, isn't it? Words have lost all meaning. And one of the things that I wanted you to come on and come and join me about and comment about is the whole issue of gender and transgenderism. Are you cis, Jack? No. There's no
3: such thing. There was, there was literally no such thing until a couple of years ago. And it's it's their religion, it's not mine, and I refuse to get involved with this sort of terminology. It's ridiculous. Sonia Poulton on today's news talk, TNT.
2: He's a bushfire fact bushfires can occur without warning. So, if you're travelling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. 1. Check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. 2. Think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. 3. It's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire, and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit MyFirePlan.com.au today. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air.
3: On the air
0: 24-7. Your news talk giant, ENT.
1: Oh, Welcome back to The Lampidopic Show, where I am with Francis O'Neill, who is an art of it, artist who's been turned into an activist. I nearly created a new word there, an artivist. Maybe that's what you are, an artivist. The world's first. Uh, Francis. Uh, And we're talking about the fact that Francis has been activated by the fact that he was oppressed for daring to be sceptical about how we were treated over COVID, despite the fact, and I find this quite persuasive, that there's quite a lot of evidence to indicate that it's the vaccination programme itself and the insane lockdown of the world which has killed more people than the actual disease uh that's a debate for another time but francis welcome back let me uh, read to you a very interesting comment by uh we fat Hug, i think that's right my theory is we live in a construct within a construct now the code is either morphing naturally or it's being hacked towards the desired effect i believe they want to relieve us of the one real thing of value that we still possess which is free will and uh uh mogden says everything is uh back to front now 180 degrees aversion um and holly says it's their version of human rights. their version of human rights do not apply to me uh and there's a lot of debate about the fact that we're being forced into vaccinations were you able to resist the vaccinations or were you forced to do them in the end
3: francis no i didn't take any um i thought it was an feel? interesting point that how do I go. feel about that <laughs> No, how no, I, do you feel I, physically? I, oh, I'm very well, thanks. Thanks. Um, um, I was just going to say about in, in relation to the the commenter's uh, uh, point about free will, what he's saying that is actually made explicit by a guy called Yuval Noah Harari, who is kind of a, a I consider him to be something of a high priest for the World Economic Forum. He's certainly someone who espouses their uh, philosophies, and he says explicitly that the age of free will that, that is over and he's 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 on video saying that and uh, because he says in future we, you won't have these choices about which party to uh, vote for or what you like because we'll be able because human beings are now hackable animals so we it's not just like conjecture or some kind of a mad um idea that someone's come up with with a message there this is stuff that the the people who wield control over politicians and uh, corporations are telling us that they want to do this is part of their agenda is to remove free will and I think that we see that with a lot of the surveillance infrastructure that we are is being implemented and imposed upon us um particularly where where we met in London and but also in Europe and the Western world in general
1: uh Elon Musk as I understand it has sponsored some kind of an experiment where electronic equipment is being inserted into someone's brain so that they can control electronic devices remotely i suspect elon
3: Elon musk is an interesting character because he divides people who are skeptical of their government's intentions because some of them think that he's like a, a cowboy freedom fighter who is sticking it to the man whereas when you actually explore the the kind of um the things that he gets involved with they are many of them align perfectly with the agendas of of institutions like the world economic forum with like the united nations agenda 2030 he's funded by the united states government um he's interested in 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 chipping people's brains and and people might think that's a bit fa- fanciful right but this since the 1960s, they have been able to put chips in, in in the brains of bulls that stopped them from charging. So if you had a man like a matador standing in front of him and the chip would stop the bull mid-charge, that's since the 1960s. So we're talking about 60 years ago. And most people are not aware of the extent of this technology. So whether Musk is a pioneer or whether he's a sort of a, a media construct to um, uh, convey... And popularize ideas that otherwise would not be popular um, amongst a sort of a uh, techie uh, groupies or a techie audience. The, th- these these things are potentially in the pipeline because they're documented from the past, and we just don't know how advanced they are. But we do know that they're continuously um, trying to control and surveil the population. And all uh, some of the, his his propositions tie in with this overall agenda
1: uh I'm going to make an editorial decision here Francis let's talk about the ultra low emission zone in the third part of the show if that's okay with you and let's stick with this because what you're saying I think is dynamite and very interesting to free thinking TNT viewers and
3: listeners is that all right with you I'm fine with whatever you want to talk about yeah
1: okay yeah then I want to stick with this and I'm gonna talk about the ultra low emission zone and what's happening in France in the third section perhaps as a case study uh it seems to me that uh if you're what you're saying is correct a lot more has been going on about this than we've ever been told and perhaps than we can even imagine that being so is it possible that actually we are very close to a situation where you could chip people and you could control them like the bulls that won't charge in order to give an easy life to our rulers not our servants because in that situation they become our rulers
3: well we have to look at the general trajectory of governments um anyway and and it's always to greater towards greater power and control like that, that's the sort of natural tendency of government because you know power corrupts and and we we all know that that, that trite saying about uh power corrupts so so we we when you consider that they want to control and limit people um, generally and we saw that with the lockdowns there was a, a push to introduce vaccine passports so that they could put us onto a digital database so that we could we could be uh, permitted access or denied access to society depending on whether they injected us with whatever they chose to inject us with right now that's one uh, one uh, avenue through which they could have pushed through their digital surveillance agenda or digital control agenda another way they could do it um is by the introduction introduction of central banking digital currencies where if you are, are are a dissident or if you're not doing what you're told you can be excluded from society um in the sense that they can cut off your financial access to the supermarket or to um whatever uh you know uh shop or 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 institution you wish to access because they have there's a middleman then between how and when you spend your money so we can see that they have tried various forays and they are pushing the cbdc's and they're always pushing the vaccine agenda they've tried various forays into this creating this digital passport they they want you to have a, a digital um uh, basically, a digital access or to society. So, if you can see that, then and, and you know that they always want to control your um, views and outlook and 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 opinions because of the way we saw the extensive control of the media over the past few years. You have to then ask: Then, what would make it simpler for them? It's very difficult to persuade people all the time and having to propagandize them all the time. It would be a lot easier if you could just program them literally with something in their brain so we we don't know you and i will not be privy to all the meetings and all the technology to which they have access but supposing that they do have uh, access to this then this would be one of the ways in which they could do it they could take the control from the external you know surveillance cameras and checkpoint society that we're seeing with the ules and they could just impose it directly into our being, which is what they are telling us they want to do, which is what Neuval Noah Noah Harari was talking about when he was saying it's the end of free will and human beings are hackable animals.
1: Uh, You're getting a lot of uh, responses here in the chat. Let me read some of these to you. Uh, WeFad says, yes, Francis, totally agree. Didn't know that the individual had stated that, the thing that you were saying before. Uh, Hidden in Plain Sight says there was no need to take anything because there was no law. There were no laws. It was done under fear and deception, coercion and corruption, which is in reference to an earlier point made by somebody else just about how we are coerced. Skippy says so many films have shown us, for example, The Matrix, Inception, The Truman Show, what could be coming? And two more. The brain chip idea, says Skippy, is to break our connection to source, keep us in the reincarnation trap, but permanently with no chance of escape. Black Mirror episode, San Juniper, gave us a clue. Uh, Let me just, uh, one more, Marley Bites, you don't uh, uh, don't even need to chip most people nowadays, just offer them a free burger (laughs) and they'll line up for anything. Yeah, (laughs) that's probably quite pragmatic. Uh, Francis, go ahead.
3: Yeah, there was another point that just came to me then. we, we In this country, I th- the NHS is already pushing this way and also Bill Gates has pushed this way in the sense that they want to put some kind of control mechanism on you. Um, so, for example, with the NHS in this country, what, what's happening now is people are being phased more and more into automated medicine. It's very difficult to get hold of a GP. You phone up and the idea ultimately is to put us on a... Um, a sort of electric di- a digital diagnosis and, and and to have your heart rate and everything monitored in some way with some kind of um, technology mm-hmm. attached to the body or inserted into the body so that they can just um, analyze the data and then uh, provide you with the medication that you need now related to that Bill Gates has got a um, a kind of a patent out um, a Microsoft patent as to, to how they would um, control the individual by farming their energy. So, for example, in in my concept of it, if my understanding of it, depending on how much you do, you would you would be rewarded for it. They could even farm you based on your energy or the amount of steps you take. Or the amount of physical labor you do they can monitor your output your physical output and it's a microsoft patent which happens to have the the the, the three three sixes in the the number of it which is drawn oh. people's attention right but um but these this is, seems to be a trajectory that we're taking certainly with medicine and i think that's visible to people if you want to explore that you can find that there is there are plans to put us on this kind of digital medical pathway so that almost eliminating the human interaction and uh, analyzing people's bodies and and responding to that without any human contact
1: uh adding all that together causes Holly to say you're right Francis but people really don't believe the level of premeditation and evil out there oh they wouldn't do that would they attitude uh maybe that is one of the things that's happening because my 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 assumption for years has been, Francis, that society works because most people are reasonable and trusting of the state and of each other, which means a small amount number of very cynical opportunists can more or less do what they want. Uh, would you would you think that there's an opportunity to to control us up to the uh, to, to increase control until it's too late for us to stop it?
3: Well, that's obviously the the fear that some of us have, and that's why people like me are out in the streets trying to spread awareness of some of these um, manoeuvres that are happening around us, because it's not obvious to people. I I think a lot of time people are hamstrung by their own goodness. By their, own tr- by their own willingness to trust, by their failure to recognize the malevolence of government or, or figures behind government. There's a faith in the benevolence of society, the benevolence of government. And that is justified to some extent. I'm always surprised at how well we get along on the level in which I operate. So if you're going on the tube or on the buses and everyone's crowded together and everyone's very tolerant of each other in the main, it's very rare that there's a flare up just when everybody's sober and everybody's going about their business. Mm. Um, But this does lend itself to the opportunity. We have been one of the greatest failures of this society in the past four years has been, say, for example, if we lived in Russia or China, we may have an expectation that the government might lie to us. it might be looking to control us and it might be looking to propagandize us. But one of the greatest failures of the public in the past four years has been the failure to recognize that that could happen here. And that's because of an excess of faith in the institutions of media and the institutions of government. And so instead of listening to those people who were sounding the alarm, they were quite happy to dismiss them as cranks, as 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 uh, um, outsiders, as conspiracy theorists, as as in some way loose cannons. Even when they were eminent microbiologists like Sukharit Bhakti or professors at Oxford University um like Carl Hennigan, or the former uh, uh, Pfizer uh, chief medical officer like uh, Mike Yeadon, these people just brushed the kick to the curb brushed aside as though they were cranks and i think that's because of the excess of faith in 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 authority and 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 yet that's clearly we all know ultimately that authority is is a false idol and we have in this country a, a justice system that's based on on juries because we know ultimately evidence is king and authority is not king because what do you do when two experts disagree and and having many experts disagreeing over the past four years and still do on all the subjects we might talk about whether it's climate whether it's about lockdowns or vaccines and i think that's what people have to start to uh, do it's rather take away this sort of childish dependence on a, a paternalistic government and start to think for themselves and make decisions based on their own research and acumen which i think we most of us do have that kind of common sense where we can recognize that if something had no long-term safety or fertility data that then um It's possibly not the best
1: for us. Uh, Possibly not the best for us is the most euphemistic thing that you've said in the entire hour so far, (laughs) Francis. Uh, I have to tell you that my editorial judgment has been applauded. Uh, I think there are many who are pleased, not pleased with what we're discussing, but pleased that we're discussing it uh, because this kind of thing doesn't get discussed in the mainstream media. And much of the time, those who discuss it are dismissed as cranks. Obviously, there's a vested interest in dismissing this kind of conversation, because if we're right, it's actually a nightmare. I wonder if Francis, putting all this together, we're observing an extremely dangerous juncture in the history of our conscious species. And it's this one, having the capacity to enhance our consciousness carries with it the danger of having the capacity to control it also and perhaps to reprogram memory for example if that's the case Francis and I'm pretty sure that you are saying that what I'm worried about is a question which is recurring again and again and again in the chat how do we know it hasn't been done already in a matrix type fashion
3: oh well see that's a tricky question because we are only ever um aware of our sensory what we gather as sensory input. So we could be like, there's an idea of prevalent, obviously that we're already in a matrix, but mm. I don't believe that to be the case. I can, I'd just like to make a little point that came to my mind when you asked that question there about our memories being reprogrammed. So if you are familiar with the social media platform, Facebook, and maybe on others as well, what they do now is they provide what they call memories. Okay, so they say they po- your memories will pop up and it'll show you a photograph from three years ago or something like this. So I had a message the other day and someone said, oh, this came up in my memories. And I thought, no, it didn't. It came up on Facebook and it's kind of a reprogramming of language. It's like and I could see suddenly from that that message that I received the way that language could be distorted so that you no longer actually have your own memories. You have memories that are provided for you by the Borg, by the computer. So. Um, now I don't I, I I don't think it's happened yet, which is why these um, programs are in the offing. You know, like the, the Neuralink program for uh, Elon Musk, and why you will know how he's doing these things, and why they are trying so hard to um, create an environment in which people will accept uh the the state virtually owns your body they, they're, not, they're not saying that explicitly but like if you have a vaccine passport and it denies you access to society unless the state can do what it wants with your body i inject something into it i think that was the the, the doorway into further programming like uh, internal programming so so i don't think it, we, we've got there yet because there was enough resistance to that that idea at the time um i don't feel in myself but then it would be very difficult to be aware of it what i think you're seeing with the matrix films is actually that the brothers who made that are now part of the trans agenda they they're no longer brothers they're sisters and and, well they were still brothers you know but like in terms of they consider themselves to be women Mm. um so so that always confused me but i I think the answer to that is that that film itself although it's celebrated often as a um uh an expose of what is happening of, of where the world is intended to go it's actually not um a rebel rebel film it's it's a it's a programming film in, in, in that it's um it's it's a kind of a gnostic worldview where this the view of the people in my in, in my conception of it the view of the people who are doing this to us have this idea that they're and this is explicitly said by again people like you will know harari that they're in competition with the creator god and he, he explicitly says this repeatedly that we can be better than the god of of the Bible we can be as gods we can know everything we can live forever uh, he, he makes these promises of the of the serpent in the Garden of Eden repeatedly right and 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 also with the, with the um with the net zero it reverses the promises of, of our Christian tradition which is Genesis where it says like uh, a man is given dominion over the earth earth is, or environment is now being given dominion over man you have to restrict yourself for the environment so these guys, like Yuval Noah Harari, are are, um, are are saying some of the things that, um, and 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 the, the, sorry, I've lost my thread there. But I was just saying about the Matrix film. It's is is espousing their worldview. It's saying this is this is a horrible this is a horrible malevolent place which you have to escape from. I don't believe it is. I think they want us to believe that, but I don't think that's the case. I think that's what they're trying to create it in their competition with creation. This is fascinating. And I need to take a break now. This is absolutely fascinating.
1: And it set the chat alight as well. I know we're going to need to come back to this on another occasion as well, Francis. Uh, I need to move on in a few minutes time to talk about the ultra low emission zone. You're listening to Lembotopic show here on TNT uh, talking to Francis O'Neill more from him in just a moment see you in a minute de-weaponizing weather with
0: reality and perspective I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing and I don't know if Dr Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial there are so many holes in his argument it is hard to believe I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it and I've talked Talked about this before one of the biggest problems i have is he won't let anyone look at his data at least no one that is skeptical of his data and that should raise red flags now i've talked about this many, many times, you can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with his whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is, the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the Earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there and the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather it's the only weather you've got
2: the thing that drives me every day as a dad is him every day he's hungry for something And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out.
0: Lembit on
3: today's News Talk Radio
1: TNT. I was continuing my conversation with Francis during the break. There, I am absolutely fascinated by what my guest Francis O'Neill has been saying about the nature of reality, the attempt to control us potentially using modern technology, and then contemporaneous with that, the chat which is going uh, on uh, about uh, the uh, the very same thing. Uh, a lot of people are very interested about. Uh, the issue, quite concerned about it as well. Um, hot mic, yeah, thanks for that, Mally Bites. Well, then you've got, you got two for the price of one. Sorry I interrupted the adverts <laughs> at that point. If you don't know what a hot mic is, look it up. I haven't got time to explain. Uh, and a lot of talk about the extent to which we are being controlled and, and perhaps the dangers there as well. Francis, on another occasion, I'd be very interested to bring you back, and perhaps we do a whole show uh, with you and uh, other contributors on the, the question of where technology can take us and where nanotechnology, which some of our contributors are saying was around, or being discussed in the 1970s, could lead as well. We have tiny, almost unseeable microchips. But I want to talk about another control and add to the more macro level, and that's the control of how we travel, tied into 15-minute cities. You were in Trafalgar Square, standing in the street, demonstrating against the ultra-low emission zone, which is the attempt to control how we drive, on the basis of the emissions that we produce, what's your take on the Labour, Mayor Sadiq Khan's attempts to tax us if we produce too much too many emissions?
3: Well, there's there's so many ways into this. First of all, you have to take um, uh, uh, the. The overarching view is is that is is the fundamental assumption correct is co- carbon dioxide is it a cause of climate change well there's literally no evidence for that i mean there's been a, there's been uh, times in the in in history that where the carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere has been much higher and the temperatures have been lower and also the 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 wider view because the climate change narrative is that over the past 150 years the temperature is rising because of carbon dioxide emissions, but they've picked a certain section of time in which temperatures seem to have increased. But if you take a broader view, then it's very much in keeping with a, a bigger um, pattern. And and, and it's, it's absolute hubris for anybody to claim that they know what drives climate because it's such a massive and complex system. And you were mentioning the proportions of man's contribution to the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is being 0.4%. But the actual carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is only 0.04% of the whole atmosphere. So when I've worked that out as being 162,500th of the overall atmosphere is man's contribution. So it's minuscule. So the idea that this minuscule contribution from man and that let alone England um could be dictating this huge complex system seems to be to me to be absurd and also like um not possible to assert with any authority so then the idea that if you change your car it's going to lessen pollution is also absurd because all it does is it transfers the pollution to a different cobalt mine or lithium mine or neodymium so to make the the new electric vehicles which again is our friend Elon Musk is invested in so these these things are they don't stack up now what what I see is that I see an, a, a malevolent government or malevolent forces behind government that, that tell you things like they want to save your granny, they want to save children with asthma, they want to save the environment. And what is actually happening is a surveillance infrastructure is being erected so that they are putting cameras on traffic lights which can then surveil which cars uh, enter a zone or, or leave a zone. Now, once that, that principle is set, you that you can surveil people entering on the highway you can then apply it to different modes of transport now that seems again or oh, that's a little bit sinister francis you're a bit suspicious but but if this is not again coming from me there's a, a report for the by the center of london commissioned by C40 cities which is an organization of 100 mayors worldwide, which is headed by Sadiq Khan. So in in effect, what's happened is Sadiq Khan has commissioned a report which tells him as mayor in his other hat, as mayor of London, that he has to impose a, a... also what is eventually going to be a paper mile on other modalities of transport so whether you're a pedestrian whether you're using the bus whether you're using the tube which is the underground here um, in London um, or whether you're driving different types of cars then you will be charged depending on your environmental impact by their strictures but what this is 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 a social credit scheme and another digital passport just being introduced in a longer term way by another means so that's the that's the broader outlook that I would bring to that um that that the, the imposition of these restrictions uh
1: three things that I personally opinions coming up here folks uh three things I totally agree with you on uh it's impossible for carbon dioxide to be driving climate it's a lag factor not a driving factor it has some effect but uh, I don't believe in these these uh vicious circle arguments and, and feedback loops uh, secondly, human beings' contribution to carbon dioxide is so small that whatever effect, whatever marginal effect CO2 has on the atmosphere, uh, our, uh, in, our input is unmeasurable. And the third thing is that Sadiq Khan, in my view, is a complete hypocrite. Uh, I watched this sick-making apology that he gave during the week for the death of this uh girl who was chronically ill really really ill anyway uh, with uh, respiratory problems and the reason it was sick making was because he was doing it to blame his predecessors i'm sorry i apologize for for her death what he was really saying is i the great sadiq karmam putting it right i don't hear him apologizing for the massive upsurge in um, fatal stabbings in london which is killing real people in a measurable way and it seems as far as I'm concerned, that Sadiq Khan is very happy to virtue signal with his uh, scientifically illiterate nonsense, uh, while also punishing the people who can least afford to upgrade their cars. Uh, Something's gone horribly wrong with the Labour Party, that they countenance this kind of uh, double standards, where you can pollute as much as you want if you're rich. You can drive a 12 so the Lamborghini into town and just pay for it. Whereas the person with a 20 year old Ford Cortina can't afford it anymore.
3: Well, I think you, you, the hypocrisy is astounding in many levels. And one of the hypocrisies that I would like to draw attention to is the social hypocrisy at the moment where we have excess deaths among working age people that are in excess of 10 percent, unprecedented levels. If you go on the government websites, you can find that the long term sickness has exploded as um, an upward trajectory from 2021 onwards. Uh, and the personal independence payment um, has massive have massively increased the people unable to work over the, since 2021, and nobody seems to give a monkeys about this, whether it's in the media, whether it's in the government at local or state levels, and yet then they will come to you and tell you they want to stop children getting asthma or. They want to Mm -hmm. save uh, 4000 people in their figures, which which Sadiq Mm -hmm. Khan put out. He said the 4000 people have died because of pollution. Uh, And yet the figures since when you actually analyze the figures since 2020 for the past 20 years in this century, um, there has only ever been one death where pollution was even mentioned as a consideration on the death certificate in London. So you can we are quite within our rights to question what we're being told by Sadiq Khan in that context. The
1: the death that you mentioned, I I contest the result of that. I, I just don't believe it's true that pollution was the cause. I think an underlying chronic health complaint was the cause, and it was probably exacerbated, made worse by pollution, in the same way that we haven't banned nuts because some people have a nut allergy. And so I think this one special case, tragic case, it has to be said, of a death is now being used to make a macro, create an excuse for a macro policy, which is clearly doing more harm than good for the country as a whole, for the city as a whole. Now, it seems also that this uh, poisonous, toxic attitude towards our rights is being exported to other countries. Uh, You mentioned, I think the C40 group before, which is this pernicious group, which Labour Mayor Sadiq Khan's involved in, Uh, it seems to be infecting Paris. I've only seen today, you probably haven't seen the story, but apparently they're having a referendum uh, asking the Parisians whether or not people who drive the large SUVs, the big, big four wheel drive things, should be paying 18 euros an hour, not a day, an hour to park in central Paris. Now, what worries me about this is people might, their excuse by the way, is that it will improve safety and it'll reduce emissions. But my worry is that some people will simply vote yes to punish
3: people they regard as richer than them. What's going on? Do you think this even makes sense? Well, absolutely does not make sense. And I think you've, you hit upon a really interesting point there when you mentioned peanuts, because, and, and also the fact that this has been done as a health measure. So if it's been done as a health measure, whether it's for environment or whether it's for children with asthma, then once again, we are, uh, and, and, we, and, we, and they haven't looked at the effects on the wider society. Like you said, we don't stop eating peanuts for one person. They haven't, once again, it's a health measure being rolled out without informed consent, because they haven't done the cost-benefit analysis and presented that to the public. And so I think that's very important because you wouldn't even, again, looking at the whole of the past four years, you wouldn't even give peanuts to everybody in the country without expecting some people to be damaged by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the logic of it is 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 clearly does not stand up. And then when you apply it, when you, the C40 cities, uh, to answer your question more directly, is that is is deliberately produced so that it looks like these measures are being um implemented from a local level by the mayor and not by the government and 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 so then you can say well you know it, it doesn't look like such an over worldwide take of a takeover, worldwide surveillance grid being laid out because you can say oh Sadiq Khan's doing it people may not have an awareness that the mayor of Quebec or somewhere like Montreal or, or of Paris is doing it, but the, the the mayors all over the world are doing it and and they're in uh, cahoots in doing it and it aligns with United Nations plans like Agenda 2030 and the World Economic Forum goals but you might see it operating on a local level so in London a lot of the hostility is directed at Sadiq Khan because he's the guy the figurehead for it but it's it's part of a much wider Agenda. So that's why we're seeing it in Paris. And the idea that, again, as you said, that if you can pay for it, you're, no, you're free to pollute as much as you wish, yeah. makes no this, sense whatsoever. If you're oh, go, sorry, go on. No, that's exactly exactly this point. Uh,
1: if if emissions are killing people, why are they letting the rich carry on? It's a license to kill. Sadik so Khan, why are you letting people kill? uh other people if you're rich enough to do it i suggest sadiq khan it's because you don't believe it yourself either that or you're simply saying if you're rich it doesn't matter the harm you do to other people if you're poor then stay out of my city and take your business somewhere else that's what i think is happening
3: well in reality what i say we i I would contend that this has nothing to do with health or environment so what is actually been happening is that they wished to restrict the movement and and um the 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 conditions of the poor so like your ability to be self-employed your ability to mm-hmm. so it's not just your movement they're trying to crush your businesses they're trying to put you in the so that you're then employed either by the corporations which we know are controlled or you're forced on so they uh euphemistically contain universal credit or, or universal basic income so that they have some kind of control either the corporations or the state will control your behavior and, and and if you're getting paid by those institutions then they can stick you onto a central banking digital credit uh system and and then they can implement their um digital measures which and digital controls which is the ultimate goal of this
1: francis we're going to have you back and we're going to talk more about these things assuming they don't uh shut you down uh by some remote system uh really interesting to talk with you francis uh o'neill uh I'm really impressed with what you're doing and keep fighting the good fight I hope you found this interesting as well because our listeners and viewers certainly have thank you Lambert it's been a pleasure uh Francis will be back with us that was uh absolute gold in terms of his insights and quite ominous as well I wonder what you make of that I'm sure that there's potential to have a special program to look at the future of our freedom and to look at the interrelation between Uh, technology and consciousness. I know somebody who already claims that uh, consciousness has been transferred to a computer. Maybe we'll have her on as well. Uh, What's coming up next is a look at uh, a much more earthy kind of corruption, corruption at local level uh, in uh, the United Kingdom, although it's an example from Britain. I think there's a salutary lesson for all so-called democracies about how things can go wrong when the gods don't guard themselves but that's all going to be up in the next hour do keep your calls and comments coming it's so lively out there in the chat do get involved in the chat as well uh this uh, show my lembra show will continue for another hour though it'll go like it's just 10 minutes all of that on tnt i'll see you in a few minutes